Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah شهد أن محمد الرسول الله شهد أن محمد الرسول الله هيا على صلاة هيا على صلاة Alhamdulillah, نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وجاهدوا في الله حق جهاده واجتباكم وما جعل عليكم في الدين من حرج ملة أبيكم إبراهيم هو سماكم المسلمين من قبل وفي هذا وقال تعالى في مقام آخر وقاتلوهم حتى لا تكون فتنة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الجهاد ماد إلى يوم القيامة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من مات ولم يغزو ولم يحدث به نفسه مات على شعبة من نفاق أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My most respected elders and brothers <coughs> Firstly, it is a very great نعمت and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah ta'ala has blessed us with the auspicious and mubarak day of Jumu'ah and in the auspicious and mubarak month of Rabi'ul Awwal. This month is synonymous with the birth and the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is ikhtilaf with regards to the exact date of birth but there is no difference of opinion with regards to the exact date of demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have to utilize every opportunity to reaffirm our connection with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, especially in this auspicious and mubarak month. Also that we should, as much as possible, being the day of Jumu'ah, engage in the recitation of the auspicious awrad, you know, the wird, those recitations that have been passed down to us. Especially from the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the recitation of Suratul Kahf. We must make sure and or ensure that we do not let this day pass us by 
except that we have made sure that we have recited the uh, Surah Al-Kahf, especially in this day and age of uh, Dajjal, of Fitna, in this day and age of deception. And we have to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa. Oh Allah, make it easy and possible for me to see the truth as being the truth. Wa arina al-baatila baatila. Imagine, you know, when you wonder at the marvelous du'as taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So beautifully he says, the Nabi of Allah is teaching the ummah, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa. Oh Allah, make me see truth as truth. Wa arina al-baatila baatila. And make me realize and see falsehood in reality as it being falsehood. We are living in a time where the truth is made to seem false. And other deceptive ways are utilized in capturing the minds and the hearts of people and creating fear in the hearts of people. And may Allah Ta'ala save God and protect us, my dear brothers. Allah Ta'ala gave us a tawfiq in the recent weeks in the past. We undertook the suffer and we went on a what we will call like a fact-finding. Because of so much of media and publicity with regard to the negativity that encompasses this particular country, some people feel that, you know, you'll get arrested even if you say the name of Afghanistan. So <laughs> we have this fear in us. Because when before we went, some people started saying, hey, why are you going and it's dangerous and it can be this and it can be that. And it shows, my dear brothers, the first thing is that how our hearts and minds have been captured. We fail to realize that it's necessary for us to investigate and see and go and undertake uh, a, a journey to go and have a look. So Allah Park took us, alhamdulillah, we went with a legitimate visa. We didn't go into the country illegitimately or in devious means and notes. There are ways in which you can apply for a visa. If I'm Dubai, they have an embassy. They have an embassy in Islamabad. They have an embassy in uh, in Karachi, in Pakistan. They also have an embassy in Doha. In many countries of the world, there are embassies that have already been established. This is the great na'mat and the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we went on this journey, my dear brothers. The first thing I can say that is when we landed, you feel a sense of peace and tranquility. That's the first thing I can tell you is that unlike how we are, in fact, I think it is more dangerous living in South Africa than at the present time living in Afghanistan, in any part of Afghanistan. So the fear that has been created, and if you look and search on the media and on the internet, etc., you'll realize and see the fear-mongering, but the reality, the haqiqat on the ground is completely something else. So we realize that whatever we have been fed by the media in regards to the information and what is transpiring on the ground and how people are living, etc., there is completely opposite to what is being related or the good parts are not being said to us. Maybe it is hidden for some reason, for some agenda. Allah Ta'ala knows, I don't know too much of this politics things, but I know I can see the reality on the ground and you can feel it. You can feel it. One brother who also traveled with us, a youngster, he told us that, you know, I felt like crying when I came on a day because this is the place where the the call and the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bulan, it is the most high. So they have established, my dear brothers, the ilai kalimatillah. The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken force and if you, you can say the floor, a flag has been stuck in the ground in the sense that this is the only place on the surface of the earth we can say where the full laws 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are being implemented or are being implemented. So how much of peace and tranquility you will experience and feel the moment when you go and you, you, you know, you, you set foot on that ground. This place is not an ordinary place, my dear brothers. We don't really realize, but it was conquered in the time of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. During the time and the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman radiallahu anhum, this place was conquered. And from then till now, nobody was able to overpower them like for a complete, where they have taken them over completely, it never has, has happened. And those periods of history where they were taken, there were forces that came, example the British that came, it's now 104 years, in fact whilst we were there, they were, they, you know, they were having like, a, uh, they, uh, they expressed that the British had come on the 19th of August 1919, everything is 19, you can't forget it, 19th of August 1919, the British were kicked out from there. You know, it was, it's well known that wherever the sun set, it was a, it was a British Mulkiyat. And the sun never set on anywhere, in any land that was not, uh, owned by the British, or where the British did not, uh, have their rule. But on 19th of August 1919, they were kicked out, alhamdulillah, from Afghanistan. Then secondly, we know that in August, I think it was uh, February 1981, that these people got kicked out, the Soviet Union got kicked out from there. After, you know, making zulm and torturing the people to such an extent, and you know, a country that was hustling and bustling, that was completely normal, everything was, and completely turning it upside down. And subsequent to that, these very same people now had to face the American forces and NATO. And my brothers, for more than 20 years, the zulum was being, they were in, they were being pounded with this particular zulum upon them. So much so, my dear brothers, that it is hard breaking when you hear the stories of the people, because now we are meeting with ordinary people, we are meeting with people on the road, people in the bazaar, people in the marketplaces, people in the stores. We are going for some dawah or something and then you meet with people there and then you exchange a story or you hear something from him and you ask him. Our brothers used to ask them that, you know, how did, how was it? What did, what did actually happen? What did you experience? And how did you feel? But in Khulasatul Kalam, what I can say, my dear brothers, in simple language is that there's not a family that has not given a sacrifice for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this entire country. A country that was hustling and bustling, co- turned completely upside down in the entire country. There are more than 50 million people in this particular country. 45, 50 million, I'm going to an exaggerated figure. They have 34 provinces. It's a huge country, 34 provinces. And a number of, you know, districts, but there was not a single place where this particular place, you can say that it was safe and so on. Every place, Allah, you know, these people pounded them and harassed them to such an extent that now people are saying that at least we feel this peace and tranquility that our children, we don't have to fear that they will be attacked by some missiles or, you know, something will happen to them or there will be a bomb explosion all of a sudden or foreign forces will just barge into our houses. You must read the reports of the ladies and they say how much of fear was instilled in them that they will just barge into the home and, you know, grab the children and, uh, you know, the torture stories that are being revealed now, now that it is two years that the Taliban have taken over, the torture stories that are being revealed now, my dear brothers, it makes your hair stand. We met people there who... Allah Ta'ala, you know, safeguarded and protect us that we didn't go undergo such type of challenges and difficulty. 
or what can I say, such type of trial. A very resilient nation. Allahu Akbar. My dear brothers, with that resilience that is within them, they have a sort of softness in them. You know what Allah Ta'ala talks about in the Quran Paak, where Allah Ta'ala talks about the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, and he says, Ruhama'u baynahum. Ruhama'u baynahum. Ashidda'u ala al-kuffar. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Ruhama'u baynahum. So on one side, when they are fighting the kuffar, mentioning about the God to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, Ashidda'u ala al-kuffar. They were very forceful and strong, what we can say, resilient kuffar. But between themselves, Ruhama'u baynahum, they had that softness and kindness and that brotherly feeling between one another. And I say, the qasam of Allah, you can feel this when you sit with them. It is a sense of what you felt, what, like how Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, what their practices were, we can find them in within these particular people. And you can see dindari, my dear brothers, piety. A person with a big maqam, with a high status, a minister, what we will be, you know, how ministers are, you know, treated in our particular country. And then you see in this particular country, three aspects come out very, very clearly in every part, every part of the place you go. And also in every senior person that you meet, one is the, my dear brothers, the simplicity in the people. The simplicity, they will sit down anywhere, sit down outside, they'll put a carpet there and they'll sit and have tea, a famous green tea of theirs. So they are very simple people. The second thing is the humbleness and the, you know, humbleness in these people, that there's no status and maqam. You'll meet a senior person, but he will greet you and he will love you and hug you with such humbleness that my dear brothers, we come to realize that you know the story we hear in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where they used to, the kuffar used to come, and they used to say, Man minkum Muhammad. Huh? Who from amongst you is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Huh? That shows that there was such humbleness, even in the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that a, that a person coming from outside could not recognize who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was. And then somebody used to point out and say, this is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We found this day, uh, when you're meeting the people, you can't understand like who is the most senior person from amongst them. You can't make it out. Then you have to ask somebody, hey, hey, come here, like, who is this particular person? And then they will say that this is a deputy minister or he is, uh, you know, the, this particular position or he's holding this particular position, etc. You come to the allies that this person is of a, such a senior position, but yes, the humbleness and the simplicity and the man is coming outside the door to greet you or to welcome you into his home, it shows that Allah Ta'ala had chosen these people for some ajib akhlaq, my dear brothers. My dear brothers, Allah Ta'ala has chosen these people for a very big khidmah. My time is very limited and I don't want to go exceed my time. But my dear brothers, the forces of batil have been pounding this particular place, we can understand they must have had their own very big agenda. But what is Afghanistan, my dear brother? It is rugged mountains, mountainous terrain. No, it's not like a place of where people are going to go and, you know, have a, a grand holiday or something. It's a rugged place, a mountainous area. But my dear brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now turned the table to such an extent that people who are politically minded whom I have spoken to, they say that Allah Ta'ala confused these people because they were so empowered and so much of strength they had within them 
But when they left Afghanistan, they, 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 they handed over Kabul, the Taliban took over Kabul on the 15th of August, 2021. And they had to leave the last soldier, American soldier left Kabul by the midnight 31st of August. But political people who understand this better than me, they have told me that it doesn't make sense that these people had to leave from Kabul. Because if they had to plan an exit from Afghanistan, they would have planned it to leave from Bagram. Because that was where the Air Force base was, and that's where they had, you know, everything was under massive control, and, you know, the proper, everything was uh, heavily controlled. So if they had planned it many, many months before, then they would have slowly exited. Because what we saw with our eyes, my dear brothers, the booty that Allah Ta'ala has given these Taliban, and what they have benefited, Wallah, we've seen it with our own eyes, huge helicopters and, you know, Humvees, and I don't know, uh, things that I can't, I don't even know the names of all those type of machinery that we saw, and the ammunition that we saw, so much so that we are learning, and we come to realize that billions of dollars worth of ammunition they had to leave it and run off from there, even so much so that they left the boots and ran off. So this fear, when Allah Ta'ala puts fear in the kuffar, into their hearts, my dear brothers, when the mujahideen in a certain circumstances, they read, Allahu Akbar, and they give takbir, Allahu Akbar, they cannot hold withstand that. They cannot withstand. Some of the brothers, we asked them, what was the difference? Like, you know, you fought with the Russian also army, you fought with these uh, people, with this uh, NATO forces, etc. What difference you saw? So he said that these people, they were, they, they called them, uh, you know, pamper soldiers, pamper soldiers. So he said, what do you mean by pamper soldiers? They say the fear that Allah had put into the hearts, that gripped them to such an extent that they used to mess themselves, to such an extent they had to wear pampers. And they used to cry. Wallah, there are some videos and all that that people have uh, seen where the soldiers are crying out of fear, the fear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put into the hearts of the of the kuffar, especially when the mujahideen, Allah ta'ala gives them that strength and power. How can you fight with people who are willing to die for the sake of Allah? You can, a person, a people can, a nation can never be successful against people who are willing to die for the cause of Islam. So alhamdulillah, my dear brothers, we went into the marketplaces. What did we see? With our own eyes, we are seeing people sitting with boxes of money and willing to exchange. You know, before in Saudi, they used to have that, what you call that sarraf. The guy used to sit on the top there and he used to change the money. You go give him your lands or your riyals or whatever you want to change. And uh, they change it for you and they give you the riyals. They take your dollars. Up till now, but now it's gone a little more modernized. And But in the old days, they used to have one place, they used to sit there and... We are seeing people sitting in the marketplaces with lots of boxes of this thing and they are changing money in a completely normal, something unheard of in our country. If you tell somebody, you tell a youngster, he'll say, I'm afraid. Something can happen. We went into the marketplaces, we are seeing food in abundance. Allah Ta'ala has blessed the land, so much of fruit. And we are seeing the people are happy. The watermelon farmer is saying in a report that I read, that there might be poverty in our country, but we have no fear now in our country. And then, my dear brothers, when you ponder over the ayat of the Qur'an, then even Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, when he left his wife in Makkah, by the hukam of Allah, and he had to leave there, then when he went out, he made dua to Allah. What was the dua he said? What was the dua he made? He made dua and he said, uh, you know, اِجْعَلْهُمْ بَلَدًا آمِنًا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَرْزُقْ أَحْرَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ 
man amana minhum billahi wal yawmin akhir he made dua and said oh allah give by wife and by child give them aman ij al hazal balada aminan make this place a place of peace and tranquility of aman my dear brothers in a particular place two things are necessary for proper development one is safety and security see hazrat ibrahim alayhi salam's dua and also in surah quraish when you look at surah quraish the ilafi quraish ilafihim rihdat al shita'i was safe فَلْيَعْبُدُوا رَبَّ هَذَا الْبَيْتِ الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوْءٍ وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Two things. الَّذِي أَطْعَمَهُمْ مِنْ جُوْءٍ وَآمَنَهُمْ مِنْ خَوْفٍ Oh Allah, give them, give them this. Don't let them suffer any type of poverty. This was a dua of Hazrat Ibrahim والسلام, And we saw with our own eyes, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala is opening up the ground to such an extent that my dear brothers, I quickly want to talk about the poppy plant, the drugs and narcotics. This particular place, my dear brothers, it was well known in the whole world. 90% of the heroin produced in the world comes from this particular land. But after, and during the occupation of these people, these NATO forces, the price and the production was very high. Who was benefiting from it, my dear brothers? There was a syndicate and there was a haram, there was, there was smuggling and all these things of, 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 uh, finances that was taking place between various countries. But alhamdulillah, after the Taliban came in, they made an announcement that it is not, it's, it's now completely closed. You can't even grow this. In fact, we are giving them incentives to grow other produce. And alhamdulillah, the land is producing to such an extent that if you read the reports, Afghanistan is surrounded by six countries. It's landlocked. Six countries. You know, from this side is Iran. Then there's, uh, I think there's Turkmenistan. There's Tajikistan. There's Uzbekistan. There's China. And on one side is Pakistan. A completely surrounded country. Huh? But alhamdulillah, the relationships between the surrounding countries and themselves have improved drastically. So much so, my dear brothers, this is the first Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan that has been established. And the first people to recognize them are not Muslims, Ajib Bhatt. The first people to send an ambassador there who's been recognized is China. Uh, what has happened to our Muslim countries? Allah alone knows, my dear brothers. Their own Parosi, their own country that is next door to them, Alhamdulillah, that gave them support for many, many years, 40 years, over 40 years, they gave them the support. But now, for two years that there is no war in Afghanistan, the currency, people who in this uh, uh, masjid, they know a lot about currencies. So currency in Afghanistan and the neighboring country, Pakistan, the, in Afghanistan, alhamdulillah, the currency is stronger than Pakistan. Something that doesn't make sense. I mean, a country coming out of war, where the currency, the weakness of the currency is supposed to be, you're supposed to be taking like one whole wheelbarrow of money to buy something uh, that it might be simple. But alhamdulillah, we are noticing when we landed there and we went and purchased and changed our money, when we landed, it was 85. One Afghani, I think one Afghani is a rupee. It's, it's, one Afghani rupee was 85. By the time we left, it was gone down to 77. And it was even still falling. Whereas the neighboring country was, their price was increasing. So my dear brothers, Allah Ta'ala has given them barakah. Allah Ta'ala has given them aman. Allah has given them sukoon. What I want to say and end off quickly, my dear brothers, is what is our responsibility? This is very important. That we as South African Muslims, what can we do? What role can we play now that Allah has established deen in this particular khitta, this particular place on earth? What role can you and I play? This is very important. So we have to... Ponder, we have to make fikr, 
And we have to think, my dear brothers, there are many people amongst us who are people of position. You are able to influence people, you have government contacts, etc. The first thing I'm going to request you to do, every one of us, we should try and make this effort that we must try and visit this place. Visit Afghanistan, a land where we saw Sahaba's graves buried. Sahaba buried there, Tabi'een buried there, Tabi Tabi'een buried there. This place where Mahmud Ghaznavi, famous Sultan Mahmud Ghaznavi, he came from Ghazni. This is a place in Afghanistan, it's one of the provinces called Ghazni. So it's got a great significance, so make this niyat and intention that we will go and visit. Number two, become waqif and make yourself aware of the haqiqat, of the reality that is on the ground. Thirdly, my dear brothers, if you are able to involve ourselves in some particular way, whichever way possible, you might ask, what way possible? Then, my dear brothers, there might be somebody who has got some skill, he's, he's a doctor, he's a retired doctor, he's a teacher, he, mathematics teacher, he's a plumber, he's an architect, he's whatever capability you have, my dear brothers, go there, spend some time there, spend one month, spend two months, they will facilitate the arrangements for you, and they will make it where you can facilitate and teach the people, make it possible that these people now become independent, alhamdulillah, they got no karza, they have taken no loans from any surrounding countries and from nobody, for the last two years they have paid all the government staff, and alhamdulillah, if you follow Twitter, there are some, some uh, Twitter handles that you need to follow where you get the reality of what's happening, how they are. They are progressing in so far as the roads. We are getting more and more potholes in South Africa. And there we are seeing that they are uh, re-stabilizing the road, re-governing the road. Potholes, there's no potholes, we're not seeing. The city is clean. We're not seeing so much of filth and dirt like how it was before. So my dear brothers, the third thing I want to say is with regards to those people who can, you know, have got influence with the media. We should take some journalists and let them go and see reality of what it is and report the truth of what is happening on the ground. Then those people of who may have some government connection, you got some taluk with some minister, because we met a minister and we asked him, a minister of health we met, and we asked him, how we would like to invite you to South Africa, how can we invite you? So he said, no, it's, it's, it's an invitation that should be done from ministry to ministry. So those people who are of influence and you have friends in the ministries or various ministries, invite them or take them and take them to visit and draw some type of way, some type of communication and relationship can be developed, my dear brothers. It will be such a great, you know, a, a great force from your own side, the support that we can give to these people. My dear brothers, Allah Ta'ala is going to utilize them for very big things in the future. In the ahadith, I'm going to finish with these two ahadith. Rasulullah Sallallahu mentioned that Ilya, Baitul Muqaddas will be conquered during the time of the Akhri Zamana, before the time of, you know, the, the signs of the last hours. Amongst those signs is that there will this Ilya, this Jerusalem, this Baitul Muqaddas will be conquered. And the ahadith say the people will be from Khurasan. And this whole khitta, this area is Khurasan. So what we are seeing happening in front of us, my dear brothers, we can see that Allah Ta'ala is going to utilize them for the advancement and for the progress of deen. So whatever support we can give in whatever way, whether it is medical support, whether it is physical support, whether it is in some type of skills or sharing some type of information or provocating or, you know, advocating for the truth, to be, you know, published in our newspapers. Allah Ta'ala will give us tawfiq, my dear brothers. We must support them in whatever way possible. 
They need a lot of support. Allah Ta'ala make it easy. Uh, grant us understanding and utilize us, my dear brothers. Fortunate is that person who is utilized for the advancement and the progress of deen. Allah Ta'ala grant you and me the tawfiq. Wa aqidu da'wana. Alhamdulillah.